Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter here to take you through the Week 15 slate of games and look back on a barnstorming Thursday night football. Could that number one seed in the AFC slip? Does it mean that ugh, Patriots might get back in there? And what's going to be happening throughout this weekend? It's all coming up on the Gridiron Show! Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter in the studio alongside me. Ollie, nice to see that we are both fully embracing Christmas Jumper Day at TalkSport. I love yours. Yours is great. Thank you, mate. I got it from Tesco for about £11. It's, uh, it, you've got a, a mountain on there. You've got um, a gondola, it's gondola lift. It's basically a skiing Christmas jumper, but with a gondola lift across the top and the cable of the gondola lift is fairy lights which light up. Oh, yeah, they do light Alan up. Alan Brazil absolutely loved it this morning. I mean, on, uh, are you sure he loved it? Or he, he literally, I came in the studio and he laughed as soon as he saw that I was wearing a Christmas jumper. And then uh, he mentioned it on air, he referenced it, he went, We'll gavel Christmas up. And I was like, Al, you haven't seen the best bit yet. Flick the little switch for the lights, and he just went, Ho, ho, ho! Like a big drunken Scottish Santa. It was delightful. A <laughs> drunken Scottish <laughs> Santa. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, all right. And you're wearing a QPR one, which is just cool. Yep. Well yep. done, buddy. Yep. I'm pleased. I'm, I'm proud of you. It's got hoops. That's the, that's the main thing. No wonder uh, you like it. Sorry. Stand up and turn around. Hoops on the arms. Uh, <laughs> it does not count. You are not hooped. You are doing what Reading shamefully have been doing since about 2008 and going with stripes, not hoops. It's a disgrace. Yeah, you're right. And when you're right? I'm right. Uh, the biddle. Who are you pointing at? The biddler. Oh. Kitty biddler. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no talks or inside jokes, particularly when they sound like that. Okay, fine. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to look at all the Week 15 action. We're going to look back on Thursday Night Football. The Chargers come down from a 14-point deficit without less than four minutes of the game to go to win 29-28 over the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to rattle through the weekend games, plus get the latest odds with our friends at Red Zone. No. At redzone.bet. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. No, I keep, they've changed the, the name and they've made it a better website name. It's now just redzone.bet instead of redzonesports.bet. But I just have to check myself and make sure I say it properly. And you did it and that was fine. Well done, me. Ollie, have you had an eventful week at all? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so it's the TalkSport Christmas party. I really thought about ripping the audio of Adrian Durham talking about you on air from both the start of the show and then your apology later in the show. Then I realised that that was effort. And if people really want to hear it, they can go on the TalkSport website and use the Listen Again feature, Thursday's Drive Show. I'm surprised the sometimes inept, sometimes good social media team haven't put it up somewhere. Because <laughs> it's something 100% something they would normally do. Yeah, I didn't make it into work yesterday. Not because I was particularly hungover. I just slept all the way through everything because I didn't get home until maybe 7 or 8 o'clock. Uh, you were working till 10pm. That's one thing to mention. Yeah. So you went out afterwards and met everyone when they were already all backfinked. Yeah. And then I understand that the sports bar team, Adam, Sam, Jason Cundy, Little Cundy, had quite a bad influence on you, got you in the casino, and that was it. That was it. I didn't gamble. I'm not a gambler, but well done, buddy. I 
am a heavy drinker when I start to get going. <laughs> it's when you start you're, mixing. You're like a ball going, you're like a boulder going down a hill, a very small boulder, but you just gather that moss and you start to pick up pace. <laughs> and, really and there deep. is then no stopping There's you. no stopping me. Uh, Tizarano and apple and mango, and, and which is glorious. Um, What's wrong with you? Pints of, of Stella. It was just, a, it was an absolute nightmare. I have still not drunk since the Gridiron Tour with Touchdown Trips, Don't the Pacific Coast Tour. You can te- check my blood alcohol levels if you want. Don't need to. Today, Wednesday would have been a test if I'd ended up out, but I didn't. Uh, that was similarly, the right move. Similarly today, there's the TalkSport 2 drinks, which start as I finish my show. So that's also going to be a rather interesting call. Well, I must, must have missed that email. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably did miss that email because you don't read your emails. Plus, or I'm answer your phone talk- or text. I'm not on the TalkSport mailing. Yeah. TalkSport 2 mailing. So all of this And I don't work for TalkSport 2. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I, what was particularly funny is the producer of the show, initially I came upstairs and it was about quarter past the hour you were meant to have arrived into work. And I'd been in a few hours at that point, And your producer just went... Uh, have you heard from Ollie? And I love that it came immediately at me because, yep. you know, it's me and you. Yep. Uh, she just assumed that, you know, <laughs> I was going to turn around and go, well, he was still there when I left bed this morning or something. <laughs> you know, she um, she's like, have you heard from Ollie? I was like, no, I've not. I've, he's not ready in the WhatsApps or anything in any of our groups for like the podcast and stuff. And she was like, uh, I, he's gone uh, completely missing. He's uh, like, uh, and you could just see uh, the presenter of that show sitting there. Looking not particularly happy with the world, and yeah, I he hates things like that. Uh, when uh, at about quarters of four, twenty to four, which is around about the time you actually woke up and somebody got in contact with you, but the producer came down and asked the guy who ended up covering for you. He'd obviously already been asked, but just confirmed. Yeah, we're going to need you upstairs. <laughs> she walked past me in the studio, and I went, "Any word from Ollie?" She went, "No, I'm starting to get actually concerned." And I was just like, <laughs> "Ollie's gone disappeared, gone missing for like a whole day at the Super Bowl, and he's fine." Honestly, I just trust he's just asleep. He will reemerge. He'll come out of the cocoon at some point, and he'll be absolutely fine. Do you remember when I went missing at your stag do? No- oh yeah, I do. Where did you go? I was just in my car. <laughs> <laughs> just to sleep in your car for some reason i thought it'd be a good idea to sleep in the car right uh great very good very good should we talk about some football let's talk about the football thursday night football and it was a barnstormer despite the best efforts of the officials to try and ruin this game and for both teams the one thing i will say is that whilst there was one particular drive that put the chiefs 28 to 14 up there were four penalties on that drive three of which handed the Chiefs first downs all of them were pretty ropey three of them were just hands down not penalties Mm. but the Chargers got a couple for them as well a couple of holding calls which went in their direction which were bad it was just so ticky-tacky anything that happened in the secondary was a real mess but that shouldn't take away from what was a great game of football 29-28 Pat Mahomes doing unbelievably Pat Mahomes things in the first half continuing to be that it's a, when you consider that his dad was a very high level baseball pitcher you can really see some of those sidearms he goes for when he like throws it around a player when it's it's like he's throwing to second base rather than throwing to his open man and obviously Mahomes was brilliant to watch particularly in the early part of the game but Philip Rivers in the second half legitimately put himself back into that MVP race conversation because he was superb the completion to Travis Benjamin on fourth yeah. and eight when 
he threw that ball before Benjamin had broken out. And it wasn't even a straight break because it was a, a feign to the right and then breaking out to mm. the left. And he still threw it before he'd even feigned to the right. And it was just into the bread basket, into Benjamin's hands on a fourth and eight, down by a touchdown with less than a minute left on the clock to get you into the red zone. It was as clutch as clutch comes. And most importantly for the Chargers, the kind of thing, the kind of game that previously they would have lost. Yeah, it would have been. And you, I kind of, especially when they went for it on two, you thought, oh my God, what's going, they're going to lose it here. They're going to charge it right at the end. They didn't charge it. But it, it, was, uh, it was very funny when they decided to go for two. If you go through Twitter about 10 minutes earlier than that, when they're just starting that drive and they get the ball back, they've used the timeouts, they get the ball back on the 40 with about 2.30 left. It's a slew of NFL journalists, including uh, a lot of, very low-level journalists like myself going, what's the betting the Chargers go for two if they get a touchdown here? Or just wait, we're going to have someone going for two in five minutes and yeah. stuff like that. I think everyone knew that it was coming from Anthony Lynn. He got those cojones out, and unlike the Titans, it actually worked this time. I was ballsy. And then, but the, uh, the, the fact that they were allowed to get into that position, it was a dreadful holding call. Um, not a holding call, but a dreadful hold on, on Mike Williams, who missed catching the ball anyway. And for, for to put them on a first and goal with about eight seconds left, just just ballsy, cojones. It was um, and it was a really really good game, a really good game. Both teams had some excellent points to it, and in the end, to make things even more interesting, even more concertinaed at the very top of the AFC. The Chargers win. Chargers win! And the, the quick areas we need to give a bit of love to. First of all, you mentioned uh, Mike Williams stepping up. Terrell Williams had a couple of good tatches, catches as well, but Mike Williams, three touchdowns on the night, two catches, one rushing touchdown. God, uh, you, the, the which pace was, for that rushing, rushing touch, uh, touchdown was brilliant. From about 25 yards out, and you never had any doubt he was going to cross yep. the goal line. Um, and also caught the two-point conversion. Stepping up when their two leading rushers were both out. Thought Justin Jackson had another good game. Yeah. Um, but also, when Keenan Allen went down with a hip injury in the first half, much to the dismay of everyone who's in the uh, who's in the fantasy playoffs and has Keenan Allen, they still managed to put it together with their top players missing, which is part of what has previously made them Chargers-y. Mm. And there were uh, four separate drives that I counted where Philip Rivers took a sack on a first or second down, leaving them in a really bad down and distance situation, and they still managed to keep that drive going. The line did struggle at times, particularly interior, with um, the guys coming at them with Houston off one end. Chris Jones had three sacks on the night, maybe two and a half. D Ford was also and, spectacular. And-, like, and yet they still went and won that game. And it's obviously a concern going forwards that they had those pro- that they have those injury problems but to pull out a win despite those injury problems is fantastic and the other thing to mention hunter henry brilliant performance <laughs> very good very no good no relation um kansas city just 294 total yards mm. considering they've got travis kelsey tyreek hill pat mahomes of course they had as many punting drives as they had scoring drives, and any punts they had, they had no more than four plays on those drives. It was a good defensive performance as well. All round, deserved. Chargers win. What's fitting? Chargers win. What's fitting was halfway through the game, or it was, I think it was in the third quarter, Tony Gonzalez comes on the, the comms and, and chats away and former chief and all of that. But as he's doing that, and, and a bit later on too, Antonio Gates, 38 years old, 
some of those clutch catches that he made to bail out Rivers or, or help the Chargers move the chains. Just amazing. He is amazing. Uh, and you know what's absolutely massive now at this point? Uh, this weekend, we've got not a duff necessarily on Sunday Night Football on TalkSport, but Eagles-Rams with Nick Foles, the Super Bowl winner, coming back in was uh, is going to be a big one for them. And uh, are you just getting some stick off one of our bosses? Uh, I think he's liking the... Oh, he's the, liking the QPR jumper, right, OK. But I think there was a bit of passive-aggressive... On the wind-up, yeah. yeah. A bit on the wind-up. Based on... Basically, you're just going to have to deal with that all day today. Yeah, that's right. How like So this weekend, we've got Nick Foles against the Rams. I'm not expecting a big upset there, although it is desperation territory for the Eagles, so that might make it interesting. Well... But next week... This all happened last year, didn't it? Around yeah. the, it do you know it was the 11th of December last year that Carson Wentz tore his ACL? Wow. I it's, thought it was way earlier than that. No, nope, 11th of December. So then Foles comes in as they need something going. He was rubbish up until the playoffs, and then we know what happened. Could it happen again? Could they sneak in? I don't think so. I don't think so, but, but <laughs> um, it, it, the timing's a bit strange, a bit so, weird. So the um, But next weekend on Sunday Night Football, the Kansas City Chiefs head to Seattle to face those resurgent Seahawks that is going to be huge. Chiefs with an extra three days to prepare for that, though. And also, I'm, the main reason I'm saying it's going to be huge is because obviously the Seahawks can get knocked off by the 49ers at Levi's this weekend. Do you know what? I think that could happen. <laughs> Don't put that thought in my head, Ollie Honestly, Hunter. I think it could happen. Look, if they fall to eight and six and the other teams around them win, it becomes very interesting at that point. But right now... Basically, the Seahawks have to lose their last three games if they're going to miss out on the playoffs and have other things go against them. I don't think that's going to happen. But if they did somehow go to San Francisco and lay an egg, it would make Week 17 fun. Buddy, I think it's happening. Don't. Stop it. George Kittle. Anyway. 1,100 yards so far. (laughs) Right. The next nearest is 393. George Kittle. George Kittle. NFL Draft, a couple of other bits of news. NFL Draft heading to Vegas in 2020. 100%. Matt, uh, Matt Sherry, editor Matt, is already booked that entire week out to go there and cover it. I have absolutely zero interest in going to that. Do you know what? I'm not a, a Vegas person, but I think it's right up Sherry Street. 100%. Uh, also, thanks for your message, mate. Just got your message. Just getting coffee around the corner. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you must not have been in any way connected to your phone because I just got that. Uh, 15 minutes into the podcast. Is it good coffee? Yeah, it's really nice, actually. Uh, and they've announced the home teams for uh, for the international series. I mean, all to be expected. Chargers, Rams, Jags, Raiders. So the three people who are in temporary homes, plus the Jacksonville Jaguars who are dedicated to London game every season. And then the Tap Bay Buccaneers who are hosting the Super Bowl next after Miami. So... All five could have easily been predicted. The Bucks were the only ones we weren't a hundred percent certain on, but they get confirmed as well. Obviously, there's plenty of nice matchups in all of those, and we're going to all speculate about when the Packers are finally going to come out. But it, you know, there's some all right teams in there. That's all we need to say at the moment. Haven't the Oakland Raiders? They they're not continuing their lease on the well, Coliseum. It's a fa- that is a fascinating situation right now. That the lease on the Coliseum isn't going to be renewed. So next weekend might be their last ever game in Oakland. And wow. There's some talk about them being nomadic, uh, doing a couple of games here, a couple of games there. I would have thought that it might work like if they could add a fifth London game potentially and have the Oakland Raiders do back-to-back games in London to road test how that would work. Mm. 
I don't know how easy it would be to put that together, but if there is a way of doing it, go for it and do it. Um, obviously, they could play multiple games in Mexico. They've been looking at the University of Las Vegas uh, stadium so they can get in Vegas Ooh. nice and early. Uh, San Diego and the Qualcomm's been talked about. Levi's has been talked about. Didn't San uh, Stanford's been talked about. San like, Antonio was talked about slightly as well. I'd like to see, if they're going to do it, I'd like to see them stick in the Bay Area mm. until they move to Vegas. So Stanford or going up to the uh, Cal Bears Stadium, which is in Berkeley, which is just up the road from Oakland. That would I'd much prefer that than they do like some cross-country or they go nomadic and do some of their games in that area for the fans there, but actually do some of the games. So what you're saying is a, a game in Anchorage, Alaska is what you want. 100%. Toronto, Anchorage. Is Anchorage in... I thought it's What? Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, I thought it was in uh, Michigan. Uh, That's they, Ann Arbor. Oh, Ann Arbor, that's what you are absolutely right. The California Stadium, 63,000. Cal Bears, yeah, could be yeah, a good location yeah, for yeah. them. Either way, it's a great location wherever, or either way, it's a great opportunity next year with touchdown trips to go and book and see Oakland Raiders in a unique stadium somewhere. There you go. Well done, buddy. Well, you know. Shall we crack on with the weekend's games? Yeah, let's do it. There Are, are there. Is it a good slate of games, or is this one of those we're building up to the final two weeks, which is divisional? I No, this is a good slate of games, but there are some duffers in there amongst the good games, basically. Uh, Saturday, I'm really disappointed, because we are first Saturday games of the season, and I think they're the wrong way around. We start off with the Houston Texans on their nine-game winning tilt, going to the New York Jets. Well, they lost last week. Hmm? The Texans lost to the Colts last week. Oh, yeah. So they, <laughs> they lost their tenth. I'm just absolutely leaving that in. I just, <laughs> I, I'll accept tiredness. I'm I'm all right with it. Fine. Uh, off the back of their losing their nine game winning <laughs> tilt, see what I could have done. Yeah, yeah. One word away from getting it right. One word away from being correct. Uh, looking to edge closer to their divisional title as they face the four and nine Jets with their flipped record. Uh, Sam Darnold meant to be back and fully fit and really ready and raring to go. I think there's. I think even though we had the the Colts show that the Texans can do have their flaws, I think the Jets O line is just not good enough to be able to handle the the Texans D line. So I am leaning towards a road victory on Saturday afternoon. And they've also they're without their leading rusher and leading receiver in Crowell and Enunwa. Uh, the Jets are a dumpster fire. Bowls. This surely is bowls as last year, and yeah, I've got the the Texans to to maul them amazingly the Texans still very much in the in the second seed race though same record as the New England Patriots the Patriots have that very early season tiebreaker over them so they'd need the the Patriots to drop a game but they're very much in the mix still so uh, I've taken the Texans the reason I say I wish it was the other way around is because actually I think the Cleveland Browns in Denver to face the Broncos on the night game is kind of intriguing it is intriguing Cleveland still have a chance of making the playoffs, as do the Broncos. Broncos laying that egg last week at, against your lot. Just dreadful, dreadful performance from them. And mm-hmm. again, I think uh, Vance jo- Joseph said it, we just weren't up for it. We weren't ready. And I think they they went into that game thinking, do you know what, we're going to beat these 49ers. They're rubbish. And they got kittled. Absolutely kittled. They got absolutely kittled. I like I like this matchup. Baker Mayfield. It'd be fun to watch Baker Mayfield close up 
and see what he's got. What he's doing is refound the connection with Jarvis Landry. His first half last week was unbelievably yeah. good, and we were saying about the baseball throws from Pat Mahomes in the Thursday night game. But I didn't realise what a range of passes Baker Mayfield could pull off. There, that fifty-five yarder to Jarvis Landry through the air, where he kind of side-armed that one and kept the ball low instead of doing the old-fashioned rainbow because that was the only way he was going to get it in the window he could get it in. I was amazed at the, the distance and the pace that had in it. That was really impressive for a guy who isn't seen as being like a big-arm talent guy necessarily. I thought it was great. Really great. He's also... I love his escapability. He mm-hmm. couldn't move around and you're going to need that mm-hmm. when you've got Von Miller and uh, one of the Chubb twins. Jason. It's, of course, a Chubb-off. Yeah, Chubb-off. Uh, must remember that. Chubby. Uh, and actually, because for one of those rare occasions where actually we, it could be a real Chubb-off, because we might see Nick Chubb in blocking Bradley Chubb. Uh, sadly, Denzel Ward, who they picked ahead of Bradley Chubb, is out for this one second game with a concussion, yeah. which does take away from what they can do on defence, the Browns. But, you know, they're just a bit frisky. They've just gone on a nice little run recently. They are still in that playoff hunt. And the Broncos, without Chris Harris and without Emmanuel Sanders... Oh, Chris Harris out. Uh, very good stealing someone else's joke but it was worth it well uh, it's an homage I think uh, an homage yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm going to take the Browns yeah ooh I'll take the Broncos okay but I like the Browns but I'm going to take the Broncos I did it. I did an Ollie Hunter two weeks ago and forgot to enter my picks now I'm nowhere in the title race at all so I'm just quite happy to take some risks now uh, let's take a little break and then when we come back we'll look forward to all of Sunday and Monday's games in week 15 Ollie has made a sock puppet out of a spare mic muff and it's getting really weird. Oh, God, I don't like it. Say something with it then. Hello. <laughs> That's what you came up with was hello. Wonderful. Are you listening to The Gridiron Show? Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in the studio. We're going to rattle through the Sunday games now. Uh, if there is a game which we don't feel has legitimate playoff implications, we are just going to very quickly snap through it because... Your team will get talked about in the off-season and building up to the draft. We need to be focusing on what's coming in January. It's going to be a really good January. And we start off with a game which, even though one of the teams is only a game out of the playoffs, I think has no playoff relevance. That is Washington in Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. The Jags are seven and a half point favourites and they've only won four games all season. (laughs) Only won four games. They can't get anything going on (laughs) offence whatsoever. The, The last time the Jags played... In Jacksonville, they only scored six points, but they conceded zero. So Washington are dead to me. Washington, on multiple levels, are dead to me also. I'm I, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Jags. <laughs> to win by six points to nil. <laughs> <laughs> to cover uh, the spread. This um, the, Now, we go from a playoff-irrelevant game to a very playoff-relevant game. The seven and six Miami Dolphins, still very much in the hunt for the wildcard spot. Level with the Ravens on record. Uh, faced the 6-6-1 six, six and one Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings fired uh, their offensive coordinator last week. I, I read a really interesting article. I think it was on SI.com about um, John Filippo and why he didn't succeed in Minnesota and why uh, the, the Mike Zimmer was reducing it far too much with we didn't run the ball enough. But actually, you look at what Kirk Cousins did so well in Washington even though the run game wasn't spectacular and they didn't have particularly good running backs, 
a lot of their throwing concepts came out of the run game. So a lot of play action, a lot of bootleg stuff, a lot of on the move stuff, mm. a lot where the the uh, offensive line could set up screens and things like that. So they did a huge amount of that. Whereas the Vikings offense was designed to just throw, 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 throw. It's like John Filippo went, we don't have any running backs. So why would we try and run the ball? And they became way too one dimensional past the halfway part point of the season. You say, I think it was you saying it like Adam Thielen went on that incredible run and then has been not really a huge factor over the last four or five weeks. Kirk Cousins has had three out of four stinkers in recent weeks. So what, what, what they didn't do was get Cousins and Diggs open. And also, Cousins and Diggs, Thielen's and, and Diggs open. But also what Cousins and Washington did really well is use the tight end as another outlet. And mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph has been anonymous. He's barely caught a ball. And that has also affected them because then all you have to do is is either double cover or, or, or stun Thielen and Diggs off the line. And Cousins doesn't have anything because there's nothing else been designed for him. 17 points. That's how many teams the Minnesota Vikings have scored. How many points the Minnesota Vikings have scored over the last two weeks? Seventeen in total. That, that is mental, and it's not all down to Di Filippo and to Cousins either. I think it was just a bad matchup, and that got stale really quickly. And it, the belligerent older defensive head coach, the young offensive mind, the new quarterback coming in who didn't really fit the scheme of that new. It kind of felt like we should have all realised this was doomed to fail a lot earlier, and we didn't. And well, now, did. well, okay, Ollie did, and uh, and now we're. Um, yeah, now we're seeing why it's such a problem. I still think Cousins can be a real success in Minnesota. Miami, I mean, if they play as well as they did against the Patriots last week, they'll win this game. It's as simple as that. The only problem is Miami are the ultimate roller coaster team this season. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Three wins to start the season, then dreadful for four or five weeks, and then wins like that over the Patriots. But you know what I'm going to call? Go on. Minnesota victory because of what we saw in the playoffs last year. Okay, expand. Minneapolis miracle. Win the game on the very last play. Big emotional outpouring. What happened the next week? <laughs> Laid an absolute true, egg against yeah. Philadelphia. You're right. And at the time, it was really interesting to hear uh, the general manager of the Vikings, Rick Spielman, talk about if you look at the history of games winning games by last minute touchdowns, walk off touchdowns. The history is that it's something like 87% losses the following week because there's just such an emotional drain on the team. I think the Dolphins will go on the road to the colder Minnesota and just not fancy it. I think the, the Vikings will win, but I don't think, don't think it's going to be a good game of football. I, I think the Vikings will win. And I agree with you. I think, it'll, I, I think actually it will be more than the spread, which is seven and a half points. They would by 10 points or so. The Tennessee Titans tried to stay in the playoff hunt as they head to New York to face the Giants. Seven and six faces five and eight. The Giants have really turned themselves around in a, in a effort to make their season appear relevant over the past three or four weeks. The Titans have won their last two games after falling off quite nastily. I, I mean, I like what Mike Vrabel's doing overall. This is a game which... This one of those ones that it feels like the Titans should win this, and whenever that happens, they seem to they seem to drop the ball. So I don't know. I don't. Really, I really don't know how I feel about this game. It's a weird one because New weird. York smashing Washington last week, but you can't really take that into consideration because 
of how bad Washington are. They did it without Odell Beckham. I'm just frantically trying to figure out whether he's going to suit up. I think he's doubtful to suit up on on Sunday anyway. But they seem to get things done without him. From a Titans point of view, Derrick Henry went off last week. But they lost a huge person on that offensive line in Johnny Smith. who was injured on that 99-yard scramble by Henry. And he's been brilliant blocking up front, finding setting that edge for both um, Henry and Dion Lewis. And that's Johnny Smith and Delaney Walker down for the season now. So. Exactly. So... <laughs> Am I going to take the Giants? I think I might be taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants. Yeah. Uh, we said games that don't matter we won't talk about. So the 3-10 and 10 Arizona Cardinals going to face the Atlanta Falcons who have lost five in a row and haven't scored more than 20 points in a game since the 1st of November. What's going on, Atlanta? You're a mess. How are they nine and a half points favourite? I have, no, well, I have no idea. I'm going to take Atlanta because they're at home, but honestly, I don't care. I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, fine. Because I love Fitzmagic. Great. Um, That's Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the proper Fitzmagic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great shout. <laughs> it's the proper Fitzmagic. The Japanese fighting fish. Yes. Flying, fighting, whatever it was. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, 8-5, and five, heading to face the 7-6 and six Indianapolis Colts. That much-vaunted Cowboys defence pulling off wins over Gee. the Super Bowl champion Eagles and the NFC number one seed elect New Orleans Saints over the last two weeks. They have been on a real upward trajectory, but so have those Indianapolis Colts. Oh, right, they had the real duffer against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but outside of that, Frank Reich is doing an unbelievable coaching job on these Colts. This is one of those games which we could hear an Ollie Hunter, well, if this was in Dallas... (laughs) And I'm not going to say that without... But I'm thinking it. Look, Indianapolis have been amazing the last six or seven weeks. As you said, the uh, the Jags game aside, T.Y. Hilton has is unbelievable. He's been unbelievable. Clutch catches, finding space, touchdowns. He's doing everything. And when you've got Eric Ebron as the as the red zone threat, that allows. T.Y. Hilton to to go and do what he does and I just I'm loving Andrew Luck at the moment I mean I, I say at the moment what do you mean at the moment always, I love him I love him love always Andrew Luck. he's brilliant he's so much fun to watch I'm taking the Colts in this I'm going to take the Colts as well yeah. I know that I shouldn't I know Leighton Van Der Esch I know the Cowboys defence have been brilliant I know they've won clutch games I know on offence Amari Cooper has offered them a huge amount more and there's not a lot to stop them on the Colts and the Cowboys are probably going to roll in there and win but I've just got to have some faith that everything will be much more interesting if the Cowboys lose and the Colts win Leighton Van Der Esch is one of those players that you wish your team had mm-hmm. do you I know, know what I mean? There, he's one of those players I wish that any team other than the Cowboys had it's a great point. Why do you uh, hate the Cowboys so much? <laughs> I think it's mostly Richard Graves. Well, you hate Richard Graves. No, nobody hates Richard. Nobody hates Richard Graves. He's a lovely, lovely man. What are you doing? I'm just going to do an Insta story about us doing the podcast. I'm trying to be better on Instagram at Will Gav. Posted a little thing about being in the studio with Big Al earlier and with my Christmas lights on. My Christmas lights still on. Do I turn them off? I don't remember doing that. I don't know where this has gone. Colts win. Colts win. Colts win. Colts. Raiders, Bengals. No one cares. I'm taking the Raiders because it's funny. I'll take the Bengals. <laughs> Why not? Uh, the Detroit Lions facing the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills because it's cold. Bills outside, cold Bills. Buccaneers at Ravens. Oh, this really is a playoff game. I think the Ravens are going to uh, 
are going to continue their upward trajectory. They were good against the Chiefs. They were unlucky against the Chiefs. And I like these kind of drives they put together where Lamar Jackson just runs the ball four times for 45 yards on you and then just has to complete a couple of throws, hand it off a couple of times. I, I'm liking the Ravens right now. They're, they're, they're fun to watch in a very old-school football way. Uh, Joe Flacco's available, right? He's um, huge Flacco a- to the Jags. Well, John Harbaugh has said Flacco that to the Jags. Uh, Jackson will start under centre. So we're going to see that's the end of Flacco, unless it's week 17 where he'll probably start his final game for the Baltimore Ravens. Flacco to the Jags. I'm not sure... I want to ask you, where do you think Flacco may end up? (laughs) Because I've been thinking about the Jaguars. (laughs) The thing is, the Jags is the obvious landing spot. The problem is money. Because Bortles will still be a 16 or 18 million cap hit, whatever that is, next year. And uh, Flacco is an 18.5 million dollar salary. So they're talking about using up, even with that extra cap room that they're going to have this season, they're talking about using up over a quarter of their cap on two quarterbacks, neither of whom are particularly great. Uh, so that is the only reason that I don't. I see it as less likely. But, uh, yeah, it's a big improvement on Blake Bortles, and he's won a Super Bowl, and Jacksonville's the obvious place if they can get enough dead weight off. I think like the likes of Malik Jackson will go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Jameis Winston will start for the Buccaneers. How do you think he's been since he's returned? Much better. Much, much better. Looking after the ball a lot better. Uh, I, th- I think, like, actually not a bad coaching job by Dirk Cutter, which is not something I s- I'll say hugely often, but he's um, he's kind of got them... He's got him playing for the team and he's got him performing. I- I'm all right with it. I Still, I'm going to take the Ravens, though, because that defence is fearsome. Yeah, defence is amazing. I'll take the Ravens. Uh, I said we weren't going to talk about playoff games, so no need to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Am I right? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. It's the smallest and tiniest of chances. But oh, it's not like you've got to go and face uh, the best team in your division or anything, or the best defense in the division. Yeah. <laughs> but are we going to see? And we saw it more with uh, the game against the Falcons last week. <laughs> <laughs> Stop faffing around on Instagram. Are we going to see more <laughs> like last week against the Falcons, where a lot of um, really quick. Quick throws. You've really put me off. Quick throws from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> out of his hands. i do my actual job as well. Out of his hands fast into either Randall Cobb or, or Devontae Adams. Were they playing that way in preparation for this game, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers needs to do, is get that ball out quick, nullify the fact that his offensive line won't be able to stop Khalil Mack and the rest of that Bears off, uh, defensive line. So... I'm going to call a Green Bay win, but I think it's a lot of heart overhead. Of course you are. And I love you for it. I'm going to send that little video to the group as well. Uh, I'm taking the Bears because I'm not an idiot. (laughs) Um, Whoa. That being said, I am going to go heart overhead when it comes to the the next game as the Seattle Seahawks are going to get tonks in San Francisco. They're going to get kittled. Uh, They're not going to get kittled. We will get beaten and the Seahawks go to nine and five and I will have to eat my hat over how I said they're nothing like a playoff team this season. At the beginning of the year, and I hope that the 49ers, this might be the season we finish above them for the first time in what five years but instead 
There's a little part of me that's like, if we keep a tight game but lose a tight game, I'm all right with it because I quite wanted that number one overall pick and Nick Bosa. What would you prefer? A win tomorrow, which really damages the Seahawks tomorrow. I say tomorrow on Sunday, really damages the Seahawks. I know what or I'm asking. that number one pick. You get the number one pick if you lose and the Seahawks makes the playoffs. But... If, you if we win. beat if we beat them, am I guaranteed that they will then lose to the Chiefs and then the Cardinals in order to go eight and eight and miss out the playoffs? They're going to lose at least one of those games. Yeah, but I think they're going to lose to the Chiefs anyway. So mm, because they've got the Cardinals in Week Seventeen, I feel like I want to say no. Have they had the Rams in Week Seventeen? I'd be like, they're going to lose absolutely. They're going to miss the playoffs. If but we you end them, up with the number four pick, why would you end up with the number four pick? Because that's what I've given you. So we've got we've got to win two more games then. You're going to win two more, but you fall out of that number that Nick one. Nick Bosa race. Nick Bosa race. Ed but, Oliver race. You're not going to get either of those. But the Seahawks missed the playoffs. But the Seahawks missed the playoffs. I'm taking that option. That's what a true fan should say. <laughs> well done, Willie. <laughs> uh, especially I, especially I, as everyone thinks that you're a Rams fan now. Uh, the New England Patriots face the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Patriots two and a half point favourites, nine and four. The seven, five and one Steelers. The Steelers who have dropped three in a row and just looked absolutely pants as of late. They are a roller coaster team. They're zero and five in their past five games against the Patriots, including that twenty-seven to twenty-four loss in Heinz Field, where Jesse James should have scored a touchdown and they should have beaten them, and the Patriots wouldn't have got the seed, and the Jags would have got the Patriots home, and they'd have gone to the Super Bowl, and we'd have all seen a Jags Eagles Super Bowl. And I don't care how unfashionable that is, I'd have loved it. But instead, that decision wasn't given. Yet again, the Patriots get lucky with a decision that then changes a rule because it was so ridiculous. A tuck rule. Uh, I don't know. Just the, 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 the Steelers are not consistent enough for me. And on, on the offense, I just don't know. On the defense, I just don't know how they're going to line up to deal with James White, with Rob Gronkowski, with, uh, with Edelman, with, I just, with, with Chris Hogan, with Gordon. I just, it doesn't work for me. There's too many weapons. There's too many options for the Patriots. Uh, and they're, they're too well matched up on the Steelers' zone defense. I'm going to take the Patriots to go into Pittsburgh and get a win. I wonder what the record is for teams that have been on the receiving end of a walk-off touchdown, where the emotion has been That's so a really high. great question. We should look into it sometime. Not now, though. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the Pats, but... Yeah... I, don't get me wrong. I also love tough, the fact that they're going to have to go. Um, I think what they should do this weekend is put Stefan Gilmore over Juju Smith-Schuster one-on-one and then double the McCourty twins on uh, on Antonio Brown. I think if they do that and they really go for a match-up defense, that will shut down what the, the Steelers want to do on offense. The only reason I think the Steelers have got a real chance at this is because they have got two number one receivers, legitimately that good. Yeah. But I'm still going to take the Pats because I have the last 15 to 20 years of experience behind me. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably going to be sitting against the Rams. Nick Foles comes in. The Eagles are 6-7. and seven, The Rams are 11-2. and two. Any way that the Eagles turn their season around on Sunday, Ollie? Not a chance. We're taking the Rams. Let's move on. Yep. New Orleans at the Carolina Panthers. Oof. The Panthers, Monday Night Football. I, I, sorry we dismissed that game at hand, but you, you know what? If you want to listen to us talk about it, Sunday night from midnight on TalkSport. Saints-Panthers. I'm taking the Saints. Panthers have been dreadful, haven't they? They've lost four on the bounce. 
despite the fact they've got so many weapons on offense, they're really exciting to watch. They've been disappointing that they've not been able to put games away. I think Ron Rivera should be in trouble. Even if he's not, he should be. Well, they he's did the thing of firing assistants and coordinators <laughs> and stuff rather than taking the blame himself. I'm going to take the Saints. Wicked. Right. I've got to do my Wicked. real job. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, any final thoughts? It's time to face the music and dance. <laughs> We're going to look forward to the weekend's action uh, for the televised games with our friends at redzone.bet. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter, we bid you adieu, and we'll see you next week when it's nearly Christmas. Right, joining us now for a bit of a bumper betting preview, considering we've got so much televised action this weekend from redzone.bet. Our good friend Warren. Uh, Warren, so many games to get into this weekend, so let's crack straight on. Saturday evening, the Houston Texans at the New York Jets. Uh, it seems like the Texans pretty heftily favoured in this one. Yeah, it's a 6.5 line. Uh, so if you want to back the Texans as favourites at 6.5, and the over-under is 42-and-a-half. The Texans, um, you know, that, that would have chased a little bit last weekend, being by the Colts, wouldn't it? Uh, and, you know, everything says they should go in and manhandle the Jets. I, I just have a... a I, I don't like opposing a home dog when you're giving up six-and-a-half points. And there's a lot of pressure on Houston. Um, and I, I'm going to have a sneaky surprise bet on the New York Jets plus six and a half, which is 51 to 50. The over-under is 42 and a half, as I said. But I just think the Jets, they've started to play a little bit better, although they can still lose from anywhere. But the the win last week against the Bills showed they've got some some fight in them. And um, I I just fancy to keep the game close. We've then got the Cleveland Browns in Denver to face the Broncos. I quite like the Browns for a bit of an upset in this one, but I, I feel like I might be on a bit of an island on this. No, do you know what? I, I I am all upon the the uh, the Browns wagon definitely. Um, I I think that they're they're a team that is definitely trending upwards. The Broncos had a little peak a few weeks ago. It's sort of coming back down to earth again. Uh, the line is two and a half points, um, and the over under is forty five and a half on our site. Uh, I will be taking the Cleveland Browns plus two point five. Um, I think that they're just an all round better football team. That they're, they're they're starting to find some rhythm on offense, and their and their defense is really. You know, really coming on as well. So, if uh, if you're going to give me a pick, I will take Cleveland Browns. All the pressure's on Denver again. Cleveland are, are playing with, although they can still technically make the the playoffs, they're playing with a little bit of freedom, and uh, there's no pressure on them. So they're they're enjoying themselves, and they're a dangerous foe for anyone at the moment. I agree. I, I still you know, outsiders for the playoffs. I still until that dream is dead. I will cling on to it for all my life. Uh, to the normal Sunday games, six o'clock. Miami Dolphins at the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, there's certainly uh, plenty of playoff implications here. Yeah, you know, I think um, this is uh, another another exciting game. You've got, let me have a look at the line on our site. Let me find out where we are. So we're looking at um, Dolphins and Vikings. Now, Dolphins are seven and a half point underdogs. Now, they, this, this, and the over-under is 44 and a half. But the line opened at eight, which I think is too high. It's just seven and a half is about bang on. But this is, I, I could be wrong, egg on my face. I think you will see plenty of people piling into Miami plus seven and a half uh, over the next 
24 hours, 48 hours. And I, I suspect that line may very well drop to seven. If it drops to seven or less, I will be on the Minnesota Vikings. So at, at seven and a half, it's sort of no bet for me. At eight, it would be Dolphins. But if it, if it goes to seven, like I think it was, I think you should, like I think it will, I think you should back the Minnesota Vikings at this because I think they're at home. The Dolphins, yeah, they had that great, fantastic win, unless you're not, unless you're a Patriots fan last, uh, last week with the, the miracle laterals in Miami. Uh, uh, but I, I, I do think that uh, the Vikings at home are a different proposition. And, you know, let's not forget, I stayed up to the early uh, early hours watching them at uh, the Seahawks last Monday, and um, it was six 0 until the last sort of you know drive we thought it was going to be, and um, and then suddenly the, uh, the the Seahawks go over, and then all hell breaks loose. So I, I think that bar a couple of stupid plays um, and not using feeling at all in the first half, I think they will rectify that against Dolphins, and I expect the Vikings to to give uh, the Dolphins a very good game and I, and I think they're going to cover a seven point thread, but, um, spread but I think anything above seven you sort of you pay your money you take your chance I, I'll tell you now the, um, the, the come down off an emotional last minute win statistically teams are terrible after a walk-off touchdown the following week uh it's a dreadful win-loss ratio for those teams so that's why i'm backing the vikings uh, to do well Uh, we've then got the team that they beat last weekend the new england patriots heading to pittsburgh to face the steelers yeah the line here is uh is uh, two and a half points on our site so new england two and a half point favorites the over under 53 and a half you know i Again, I, I think you never want to be playing New England after they've just been smacked in the chops. That's that's my advice, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and the Steelers are under a hell of a lot of pressure at the moment now. Suddenly the wheels are coming off, um, and I think New England going in there with Bill Belichick uh, putting a fleeing a number of players' ears, um, not least Gronkowski for that pathetic attempt at block at the end of the game. Um, I, I I imagine New England would take care of business. And um, I, I would I would back them to cover uh, as long as the line doesn't go above three. I would be back in New England. So uh, New England minus two and a half, uh, twenty five to twenty eight on our side. And then Sunday night football, the Eagles, the Nick Foles led Eagles. Could it be another miracle for Nick Foles? Maybe not, as they head to Los Angeles to face the Rams. Well, it's a, it's a funny one. This. this is a high line, twelve points. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, and that, that's that's the Super Bowl champions coming in. Uh, to, to LA um, uh, and the over-under is 52 and a half now you know I, I think that everybody has beaten up the Philadelphia secondary this uh, this season haven't they and, and you know I think Robert Woods in the slot for um, for, for golf is, is, is a nice target for him and, and I think he's going to be used a lot and I, and I can see them putting up, up some points certainly but golf you know golf is again beginning to sort of trends downwards that Bears defence got after him and, and I think a few in the last few games people have seen a way to beat the Rams and, and I and I think you know Philly are also sort of smarting after losing that, that game last week when you know it was again a remarkable game at the end if, don't you remember I tipped the unders in Philly Dallas last week and I thought I was the smartest man alive until about the last <laughs> quarter when they when they, they just seemed to just go toe to toe but it was about about 10 to 13 points, I think, in the first half. I remember off the top of my head, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, I think the unders in this is attractive, actually. Under 52 and a half, I do think the Rams will win the game. Um, will they cover a 12-point spread? That's a, that's a dangerously high line to me. But I, I, I think Philly might 
continue to struggle to score. Uh, and I think the Rams are just going to play a little bit safer, perhaps, and, and try and just take care of business in, in a more business-like way. Business in a business-like way? That's great. And I'll tell you, something to look out for in this game as well. We, we had to go over this game quickly earlier because me and Ollie both had to run off and do our own jobs, uh, is that... Teams, the line showed how to do it, and then it's the natural way that the uh, that the uh, uh, the Bears set up with the two deep safeties in that cover two or cover six style. That's something the Eagles have had to do more and more in recent weeks with all their cornerback injuries. So that is the way to match up on the Rams. I think the Eagles will do it, which is why I do quite like the Eagles to cover. And like you say, lower scoring than many might expect uh, let's finish off with Monday Night Football all NFC South the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers this is a great game let me tell you this is you know the Panthers the Panthers need a result the New Orleans Saints the comeback against Tampa you know I, I, is overshadowing the you know the fact that New Orleans, New Orleans have struggled they struggled against the Cowboys and they were struggling in the first half against Tampa you know, again, it's a little bit like the Rams, just losing a little bit of momentum. I think they will get it back. I, you know, they're our outright tip for the for the Super Bowl at the start of the, the year. But again, going into the Carolina is a dangerous place. The line is six points. So Carolina at home, six-point underdogs. The over-under is 50 and a half. I'm going to be back in Carolina for that. I, I think that they have, a, they have a, a very competitive record against the Saints. Um, and I, I, I just think that... Again, the Saints, they're not, they're not clicking on offense as they once were. And in a, a playing away, I just think that you want to be with the home dog. I'm taking the road favorites. So there we go. We'll oh, just have to agree to we disagree. Just, we'll, we'll have to have a little, a little side five-pound bet on that one, I think. Me, me and you, that, that's uh, who buys the beers when we, when we see each other next. I'll take it. It's done. We'll do that. No problem. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. As always, uh, Warren, full terms and conditions uh, at redzone.bet. It is, of course, over 18s only. And please gamble responsibly. Cheers, what's up? No problem. We'll see you next week.